3: Here we go, off and running on this 24th day of January 2024. This is The Horn. Headon.live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. Uh, I kind of presume you all know that. I mean, where the stream originates, but still, if you're new to the program, headon.live is where you go. If you'd like to access the stream or the podcast, it's the very best place for both. And it's also where you go if you'd like to be part of the Mary Wacky Zany real-time madcap multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn Chat Room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between in the Great Globe Round. And where, if in fact, you do pop into the aforementioned Mary Wacky Zany. You'll be greeted by the early arrivers, Irish Dave and Squeaky, more to follow, and capably moderated by Foreign Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, Bud Trimmer Emeritus, and Zimmergist extraordinaire, Roger, in Oregon. Hi, I'm Robin. There will probably be
2: some pregnant pauses during...
3: During today's program, because your girl's been up since 3:45. You know, there are folks out there that um, there are folks out there that have to do that every day. You know, Joe and Mika, for instance, and the whole morning zoo crew over there at MSNBC. Ow, how they do it! I managed to get to sleep a little bit after midnight, and I've set my alarm for five. And and was like something. I I think I think I was stoked for today. And so three forty-five hit. My eyes blinked wide open, and it was like I don't think we're going back to sleep today. And so I got up. I mean, it, it, it's tough when you get up and and, and it's it's too early for uh, the morning zoo crew and my filthy morning habit. But I got out of. Uh, eventually, I got to uh, I got to check out a little bit of it. I was excited for a couple of different reasons. One of which was I was going to go down to a public hearing today and offer up my thoughts. Um, and the other was that I I was going to file to run for office in District 51 of West Virginia. I did both, but there's an update after all that long explanation about how I was going to change my party. I didn't. I didn't, for a very good reason. When talking about the whole process, I had uh, been operating under the impression that I could change it, file, and run, and that didn't turn out to be the case. So, Miss Kincaid is still a Democrat, and she is now the official, uh, and uh, she's now officially a candidate for the Democratic nomination for District 51 of the West Virginia House of Delegates. I did that after the uh, hearing on the book ban in uh, the House of Delegates. It was streamed live a few of y'all caught it. Joy in Ann Arbor caught it, and I don't think Joy's okay. You'll understand why in a moment. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But it was a it was a, it was a heck of a day. Um, well, thank you, Lee, in New York. Give yourself a cowbell. You had a long and productive day. I did. Where's my cowbell? there's my cowbell. My cowbell goes walkabout. Guys walkabout a little bit here and there. Thank you, Lee. That was very kind of you. Uh, Randy Radar noting, every time you say that you won't be here, you are. Well, Randy, that's because I can't stand to be away from the microphone. This is what I do. This is my chance to hang out with y'all. It's like being with family. Why would I want to be somewhere else when I could be with the Horn Family Community Congregation? This is home. And I love it. So, uh, again, getting ahead of myself, every program here uh, at the Horn begins with gratitude. And this program is no different, and I have... Profound reasons for gratitude. Uh, I want to uh, send out thanks. Um, I'll send out thanks to uh, Samson. And thanks to Chris for the challenge, because that got met at the end, right after the end of the program. Thank you so much to Cecilia. Again. And I just want to stop and say a tremendous, and I I, I hope he's listening. Thank you so, so tremendously, profoundly, so very much to our dear friend James I saw a notification come across a little bit after airtime last night. And it was it was from our friend James who simply said, "Let's make it to 20 years." And in so doing, wiped out every bit of the over uh, the 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 past uh, you know the unfunded the unfunded portion of the program thursday was wiped out friday was wiped out monday was wiped out tuesday was wiped out and today was wiped out that just absolutely blew my mind I'm not going to kid you I saw it and I teared up. And so the coal dust covered lupine pest is off the porch for the time being. And we're all settled up with what's outstanding. And so today is a fundraising free day. There will be no mention. We'll get back to it tomorrow. But yes, James, thank you. Thank you so profoundly. Let's do make it to 20 years. And 20 years now, as the countdown continues, is 11 days away. God, I remember 20 years ago. I had been wanting it and dreaming of it, yearning for it, just absolutely feeling drawn back to the microphone and to the studio for years. I had been, for years, having what, if you recall my conversations with Scott, long, May he live in our memories. I'd been having what I called the DJ dream. It was, it, it, and it's a permutation on things like the the DJ nightmare, the actor's nightmare. And I remember Scott saying that, yeah, he'd have, uh, he'd, he'd had them too. You go to sleep, you dream, you're in the studio you reach to turn up the pot or try to cue up the record, or, and whatever you do, it doesn't work. And it's it, you'll, you'll wake up in a sweat. I, I, I think it's close, kin to the nightmares where you know that you're a full-grown adult, but somehow you're back in high school and you don't have any clothes on. Come on! Don't make me. Don't make me feel alone in this one. Okay, just lie to me. Say, oh yeah, Robert. Yeah, I've had that dream. And somehow that works into what happened at the West Virginia Capitol today. Whoop! Um, but it, it, and and so. I had been filling in, in, back in 2003, I'd been filling in for my dear, dear friend Dr. Bill in his absence while he was teaching teachers how to teach American history. He had a grant for that. And so I had gotten a taste of it, and I knew it's what I wanted to do. So... After much negotiation and after our my, my dear, dear friend Wayne secured the funding for the first year of broadcasting, I went on the air at, uh, I think it was 7 p.m., went from 7 to 10 p.m., Monday through Friday, um, on a little flickering candle flame AM station in America's fifth smallest radio market. I should probably save this for the anniversary program, but here we are. Uh, I went on air on February 4th. And really did change the face of radio in America's fifth smallest radio market to the ratings of that little radio station that I had up until then mostly subsisted on people like Michael Savage and <laughs> Savage and various and sundry other right wing blowhards suddenly had a ferocious fire breathing liberal in its schedule and holy smokes people responded and got excited, and that was the beginning of all this, and I feel like, yeah, we're going to make it to 20 years, thank you, James, and we're going to make it beyond that. Got some good news today. I talked with a couple of folks in the know, and uh, they told me that those hateful, noxious bills with the 2,500 foot barrier for trans people, the bills that refer to our very lives as obscene, will never make it out of committee. Which, you have no idea the level of reassurance that came with that. Uh, Lee in New York says, For James, give him a big, long cowbell. That is the longest cowbell of all time in the history of the horn, James. Thank you. So today goes down in, the, in 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 my own personal history as a really special day. The last time I ran, I wasn't at full strength. Now I am. Annette gave me a great idea the other day. Uh, if we can, if I can, if I can do that, and I've got to set up an ActBlue account and a bank account. It's, oh, the. Whew. The uh, mess, the, the 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 bureaucratic mess that that is. But I will be doing that. And one of the things I want, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna talk to the one and only, the multi-talented, brilliant, Terra Devlin of Terra Buster. She's such a design genius. But I've always giggled at the fact that this is District 51. Because my first thought is Area 51. And I was talking to Annette about it. And she said, wait a minute. A t-shirt. On the top it says Robin for House. And on the bottom it says Area 51 and area is stricken out and district is written in uh, instead. And maybe put a Oh, I don't know, a hillbilly alien on it. Would that be eye-catching or what? So we'll see how that we'll see how that plays out. I got so much to talk about, and there is so much out in the news today. Yesterday was a, yesterday was a three-hour fill of rockster, and those those are those are exhausting. Um, But uh, there is a lot to go into today. Some of it having to do with what was going on down at the Capitol. Others have much more having to do with what's going out in the, going on out in the wider world. But I'm in a great mood, and taking the uh, uh, taking some of the suffocating weight off of fundraising is just so profound. Uh, our anonymous kind internet friend said, thank goodness for James because I was suffering from donor fatigue and I was getting rather terse with you. Sorry. Oh, kind anonymous internet friend, it's okay. I get it. It is not easy doing what the late Ed Schultz referred to as bake sale radio. uh Steve in New York says, I'd like to nominate Annette for a cowbell for that. Yes. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Steve. I'll tell her she got a cowbell. Tom in sunny San, San Rafael says, wow. Thank you, James. 20 years in sight. Yeah. So, fingers crossed. And, and Ralphs wants to celebrate... Uh, I'm still going to offer a $25 challenge for the UAW endorsing Joe Biden, because they did. There was a little bit of drama and Sturm and Drang uh, in the last couple of weeks. and No, no, no. Labor knows, labor knows where they belong. And so the UAW decided to do what one of the oldest trade unions in this country should do, and jumped in with both feet wholeheartedly behind the incumbency of President Biden. And thank you for the challenge, Ralphs. So we can get started on tomorrow if we want to. Uh, If that challenge gets met, we will uh, be down to uh, 250 for what will then be thorn in the side Thursday. And I'll be a little bit self-indulgent here. Today is exactly a week from my birthday, so uh, not knowing what would be going on next week, I confess, I did. Uh, while I was in Charleston, I, 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 well, I'm supposed to eat like regular meals and stuff. And by regular, I don't mean like meat and potatoes. I mean, I'm supposed to eat in an orderly fashion, but I was way too jacked up when I got up this morning and way too half asleep, too. I probably would have hurt myself if I'd even tried to put an English muffin in the toaster. Um, So I got to thinking, and I thought, well, you know what? There's something down here I haven't had in forever. And there's an Indian restaurant that I've been going to since... Well, it's part of the reason that our kids love spicy food. Unpaid product placement, a little place called Sitar of India, and they have a lunch buffet every day. Oh, heavenly days. So I had basmati rice and uh, spicy curried chickpeas, chicken tikka masala, tandoori chicken, uh, chili chicken, uh, vegetable picoras. You know, if I was eating Indian, I think it would be pretty easy to go all the way to vegetarian. All the ch- the chicken was nice, and your humble hostess was sitting there at her table in most unladylike fashion with. And it ain't perspiration, y'all. It was sweat pouring down my head and loving every minute of it. Really friendly folks and absolutely delicious food. They had those little, uh, and it's mainly North Indian cuisine, Uh, they had those little pastry, almost like donut kind of, uh, spheres, no way was I going to use the other round word, in a rose water syrup. And I wanted them so bad. But I took a pass. They had mint chutney, and tamarind sauce, and onion chutney, and yogurt sauce. And part of the reason that I was pouring sweat was the onion chutney. Holy God but it was just a, just a very little minuscule treat because I figured I'm not gonna be in Charleston next Wednesday. so it was a little birthday a little birthday lunch that I had all by myself. And then I came on back up the road and got back here and started started working on the uh, working on the program. And I gotta warn you. This may be a prayer meeting Wednesday for the ages. Uh, Lou said perhaps most of us get up early. Robin, someone has the life of Riley. No, someone goes to sleep about one o'clock every morning and uh, would be walking wounded after a couple of days of getting up at three forty-five. Lou asking, maybe you're too conservative for the Mountain Party? How many revenueers have you run off with a shotgun? Oh, no. Um, I, I talked to my friends over there, and they were like, God damn it. I thought that, we and, and we both, we thought that statute applied to the general election, not to the, not to the primary. But apparently it does. Now, I love the Mountain Party. They're dear friends of mine. And they've got a... Uh, yeah, you know, they've got a platform that's basically just FDR Democrat. I uh, yeah, Lou. Um, could you please repeat why not Mountain Party and remaining a dem? Weren't you worried about not winning the dem primary and thus shortening the amount of time you might be heard? Uh, it's still a concern. Uh, there are people. I mean, they may some of the. Uh, Less savory members of the local committee, or maybe even the state, uh, may want to try to scrounge up somebody, anybody, to run against me. That's okay. The last time uh, this county dec- Democratic Executive Committee uh, backed a guy uh, in the last election, he won in the next district over and then turned around and promptly put a shiv. In the party's back because he got all butt hurt when people criticized him for putting a shiv in the ribs of marginalized children, and him being a grade school teacher and all. It was not pretty. And he is still persona non grata, but he's also a maggot now. So we'll fight the fight that we have and play the uh, play the cards that were dealt. Uh, Dave in the Blind says, onwards, 20 years. I'm having trouble with my phone keeping a charge, so I'll make this unusually short. Robin signed me up for a couple of those T-shirts. Let me know if you get them printed. I wear a 2X, and I think Chris wears a 3, but we definitely would wear those around and get people asking here in Taliban, Indiana. Who knows, girl? We might run into some West Virginians from District 51. Keep up the good fight, girl. Dave and Christine in our respective blinds. Thank you. If it happens, yes. Uh I think it would probably win most creative t-shirt, most creative campaign t-shirt at least. Yeah, I'm going to see what happens. Uh, oh, no, 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 Randy Radar. Randy Radar said, let me guess, you got a stomach hangover from the Indian Buffet. Oh, no, didn't bother me in the least. It's just the initial, and look, you know, when you're burning like that, oh, y'all, there's an endorphin rush. I may still be on it. There's a, you know, it's like like the runner's high or the workout high. Endorphins is endorphins is endorphins is endorphins. And I, I feel like I looked quite professional today. If you look over at my Instagram account, uh, Robin Roxanne, WV. Uh, I, I I did this black and white ensemble because I felt like I needed a uh, I needed to be well authoritative, and I was. Cute black knee high boots, pair of uh, black slacks, and a black linen double-breasted blazer with a white cable-knit turtleneck under it. It was brisk when I left here. But, God, that didn't last long. No heat whatsoever going in the fabulous Horn Studio at the magnificent Kincaid Mansion right now and a very, very comfortable 68 degrees. And the the, the wind that was blowing, the breeze that was blowing outside when I came home was to absolutely balmy. It was wet and it was rainy, but that's okay. Didn't get rained on while I was down there. That was nice because your girl got her steps in today, Uh, probably walked a total of five miles or so might be a little sore tomorrow I need to do that more often I every now and then I get over and I get on the treadmill but the treadmill doesn't do for me what actually going and moving and doing and seeing and experiencing does, it's kind of how I feel when I'm on the trails around here and, and I, I promise I'm not I'm not vamping to keep from going into the subject matter, I'm just uh, well. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, enjoy, I'm I'm enjoying. I'm I'm reveling. I'm cherishing the moment. But look, sooner or later, we're going to get there. And so just to, just to re, uh, just, just to refresh our recollections, today's public comment was on House Bill 4654, which is an obscenity bill that removes the exemption that schools and libraries have, particularly, or, well, libraries and museums. I should note, libraries and museums have an exemption in this state for the display of content that some people who uh, walk on their mouths and breathe through their knuckles and pick their teeth with their toenail clippings, otherwise known as evangelical Christians, uh, would call obscene. Again, remember the Uh, You remember the barking, grunting, hooting, mewling, puking, yowling, howling maggots down in Florida who objected to one of the single most profound pieces of Renaissance art? The David by Michelangelo. That's dirty! That's obscene! Because, well... David was a young boy, and so his, his unit is not particularly profound. Uh, apparently, David, David missed out on the whole uh, ritual uh, ritual genital mutilation thing, too. Maybe, maybe Michelangelo just wasn't that familiar with the faith. But, yes, the, the, the maggots lost their collective cookies over that, and they'll lose it over everything else, and today was no exception. I thought I thought Joy in Joy Ann Arbor was messaging as I was sitting there in the House Chamber, waiting my chance to speak. And and, and I no, I mean she. Joy will write later, I'm sure, uh, when she gets to the podcast and say, "Well, here, uh, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. I'll tell you in a minute, because we got to get to why uh, Joy was so." Crossed out and there was a lot of cringe in the room today Uh, the hearing was chaired by the uh, house judiciary chairman uh, a a true maggot fundamentalist by the name of Tom Fast, who for all intents and purposes will soon be uh, will soon ascend to the bench of the circuit court in this county and sit in judgment of everyone and God he's going to have a blast doing it. He was a horrible lawyer by the way and I don't know if you're out there, Matt, but but I think think you'll uh, you'll appreciate this. He is a noted puritanical little pissant. And so naturally someone signed up to comment, because there's a sign-up sheet down at the clerk's table, and there was for and against. And I think somebody signed up on the for side at, well, uh, Matt, I'm, su- I'm sure you've met her somewhere along the way. Uh, a young lady by the name of Anita Dick and Me. And yes, Tom Fast, act- because he, it, while a prude and a bigot and a homophobe and a xenophobe and a transphobe and every other kind of bigotry you can imagine... Uh, he's also, otne ute if you own what I in me. And so he stood there and said, uh, and our next speaker will be Joe Smith, followed by Anita Dick and me.
0: Hmm.
3: It was a sweet moment. I'd say it was about 65 35 against the bill to for the bill and without fail the people for the bill had come crawling out from behind the baseboards uh, scurrying around uh, to get to the capital so they could talk about their uh, their, their their need for jabus but the thing is apparently there were more needs on hand ah yes yes Anita Dick and Me's demure cousin, Matt says, is Anita Mann. Maybe next time, Amanda B. Reckoned With can attend or not. Maybe I am vamping a little bit. Because this this may prove to be just based on what you're about to hear. Peak prayer meeting Wednesday. The goddess of irony was smiling upon us today because this public hearing was on a Wednesday. Wednesday, of course, is prayer meeting. And the evangelicals did not disappoint. And so it was uh, that a woman from uh, Williamstown, West Virginia, which is just across the river from Ohio, Ohio, uh, a woman by the name of Sally Rattabalm, Uh, heard her name called, and she'd brung her friends with her, uh, who were sitting there a video. and But so, too, was a dear friend of mine from the American Civil Liberties Union, West Virginia chapter. And he caught this great moment of democracy in action... In that laboratory of democracy that is the West Virginia House of Delegates under maggot rule. So Tom Fast called her to the podium. And she realized her moment in the spotlight had come.
1: Sheridan.
4: I love the Lord. I'm also a mother, a wife, and a grandmother. And I ask you to pass the bill, the House Bill 4654. This is an insert from a book called Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. It's
3: It's an insert? We're off to a fabulous start, believe me. Since when do novels have inserts? Now, if you're familiar with uh, the law, oh yes, I, 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 th- I think I think the entire family needs to be there next time. Stephen New York says, and there's the infamous Amanda Huggin kiss. That sounds like a German name. All the Anitas and the Amandas, uh, but the book has an insert. And apparently this is a young adult novel. But what I was saying is those familiar with the practice of law know about inserts. They're also called pocket parts because the back of every uh, statutory code book has a little pocket in it, and as often as possible, it would be uh, the, the, the statute book would be updated. With a pocket part which contained updates to the laws as published in in the hardback uh, tome. But remember, this is a hearing on obscene books, and we already know that Sally Ratibomb loves the Lord. Emphasis on loves. And because she is in the very fist of the goddess of irony, both vulgarity and hilarity ensued. This may be one of the most serious and profound hockey puck warnings that that has ever been given on this program. Italy in New York says the book has an insert was the book written by Anita someone Anita Dick and me uh, and I do I do love the faces on her pals who traveled all the way down I-77 through Parkiesburg, through Mineral Wells Dripley or through Ravenswood, through Dripley and down to the State Capitol. And see, I think Sally Radabom meant excerpt and not insert, but as was said of John Belushi during his great monologue in, uh, uh, there at Faber College in Animal House, shut up, she's on a roll.
1: Sheridan.
4: I love the Lord. I'm also a mother, a wife, and a grandmother. You're not going to be all right. I ask you to pass the bill, the House Bill 4654. This is an insert from a book called Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. It's in Williamstown, Parkersburg High School, and Parkersburg, South. Are you going to eat her pussy? Yeah, Earl, I'm going to eat her pussy. Hey, yeah, do you even know how to eat pussy? Papa Gaines never sat you down, said son. One day you're going to have to eat the pussy. No, but he did teach me how to eat a butthole. God bless that man. Yup. I would teach you some pussy eating techniques, but it's a little complicated. Son, I don't have time for that. I got like 20 pussies over here that I need to eat. Is that right? I'm on pussy deadline. You've got 20 vaginas all lined up in a row? Ah, what the hell? What the hell? No, one's talking about vaginas, Greg. What the hell is wrong with you, man? That's nasty. I'm talking about pussy. I got a lot of hun- little honey mustard over here, a little Heinz 57, and a whole lot of pussy. This is not what I want my kids and my grandkids to find in libraries. I want my kids to know how, my grandkids to know how to do math, writing, and arithmetic. Let's get real here.
3: Now, let's get real here. I am a Christian grandmother, and I have just said pussy in the House of Delegates of the state of West Virginia at least 15 times. Was anybody keeping count? Now, remember, she's a Christian, so odds are she is, and this is a complex legislative term, a liar. Just a disgusting liar. And there was a parade of these freaks and these goons. Uh, another, another good Christian lady stood up and uh, decided to wax eloquent on butt plugs. What I wouldn't have given to, to, to have the Donald Trump version of that and said, You mean like this? And it would have it would have been like the minions, and they would have. Been, oh, 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 I have a feeling we're going to come back to this clip. If for only reason to if for only one the, the reason to. Well, to count the. Um, pussies. I'm sorry, Ralphs. I'm going to have to count the exclamation points, too. OMG! And then the exclamation point key got stuck on Ralphs' keyboard. I know, Ralphs, I know. Sally (laughs) Raddebomb. Well, uh... Back to Joy in Ann Arbor, who was not okay. She said, I'm still listening, and I'll need to take a cold shower after listening to Christian after Christian reading porn. Going to get through this. I'll need to take a cold shower after listening to Christian after Christian reading porn to me for breakfast. They sure are comfortable saying those words, aren't they? I don't think I could ever bring myself to read shit like that in public. Holy crap. Look. We've been talking, oh God, what is it, six and four and... We've been talking for eight years about the Access Hollywood tape, and Nitwit Nero only said grabbing by the one time. And you'll notice I still blank it out, probably ninety percent of the time. I guarantee you that book is not in any library, and I feel certain. That it's probably not even a book. It may be like some sort of fan, uh, uh, kinky ass fanfic that they found on, I don't know, X Hamster or Pornhub or Pornhamster or X Hub. And again, just the usual gentle reminder that uh, every year when this Republican legislature is in session, Charleston, West Virginia becomes one of the top. 20 cities in the United States. All cities, New York, San Francisco, Atlanta, Boston, Dallas, Miami. Uh, it, you know, and some of those cities are known for being very LGBTQ friendly. Chicago, Phoenix, Houston, I mean, I've just rattled off a bunch of it. But little itty-bitty Charleston, West Virginia, becomes one of the top 20, for about six weeks every year, uh, one of the top 20 cities for consumption of pornographic videos with special emphasis on trans porn in the entire United States. That's saying something. <sighs> uh, one individual said, wow, I did not have this on my 2024 bingo card. Did any of us? Yeah, back to Joy in Ann Arbor. Um, She said, All of those fine Christian ladies who read aloud in public words that I would never read aloud are currently at home, pleasuring themselves. I took that one, uh, continuing, I took that one woman's need to say, eat pussy, over and over and over again as a cry for help, and I said, Or a cry for a date. Jesus God, Joyce added. Please explain to me these people who get off on reading shit like that in front of the public at a government hearing. Is it for shock value? Hell of a kink they got going on. Opt-out forms solve this goddamn problem. Fucking evangelicals. Blech. Caught everything from beginning to end. Oh my God, this was my breakfast accompaniment. They seemed to absolutely delight in saying the no-no words, and so much of their delight was saying it in public. It felt like mental rape. I'm not being funny. I felt assaulted by gross people whispering about sex acts in my ears. If someone did that to me on a subway, I'd slap the shit out of them. And and, and I think most decent and right-thinking people, which lets out the entire Republican Party... It would do the same. Ooh, 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 says Randy Radar. There's the gratuitous sex. Is there gonna be gratuitous violence too? Oh, we're gonna be very gratuitous with this clip. I don't think we've had it I don't I don't think we've had anything quite this peak since the Alabama sex clams, and that was two thousand seventeen? <sighs> but uh it didn't take long before it got set to music. Somebody turn on the light and the disco ball and the strobe lights, okay, please.
4: You wanna play with pussy all the time. To hide that kind of pussy is a crime. Mm. You say you're pussy, clever and so slick,
0: but I think that your thought is kind of sick. I want to see your potential to
3: make. Yeah, I, I think, I think, um I mean, we already list the podcast as NSFW. Jesus, Matt, I hope you're not at the gym. This may be this may be one of those where there's not yeah, maybe not get to, no, this is going Hey guys, get over here. Play it again, Roxanne. Uh, the, and we thought San Francisco
2: was kinky.
3: Y'all we got no idea what them Christians is doing in West by God by Jenny <laughs>
2: Truly world class delivery of the word butthole, she needs to record audiobooks. (laughs) There are some very funny people in West Virginia. I don't think I've laughed as hard since Scott told me about the monkey. <laughs> Working the math problem. <laughs> Another commenter said, <laughs> I want my grandkids to learn reading right. <laughs> the tears are falling. Uh, Bill Vorex says, Sally, Sally Radebaum, you can't make that name up. No, the goddess of irony was in the audience. I think she's the one who signed up to speak as Anita Dick and me. I got to get through this. <laughs> Roxanne Kincaid, you are a professional broadcaster. Get your shit together. And we'd already been warned before the hearing started by 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 the pious Tom Fast not to have any outbursts or clapping or any extraneous commentaries. So the normal people were sitting there and and, and just. <laughs> When the parade of pussies started, we just started looking at each other. What? And then she'd say it again, huh? Where are we? And I leaned over and I said, "I haven't even—I never even heard this in a dirty bookstore. And but you had to put tokens into the video player. Oh, Jesus." <sighs>
3: Not that I've ever been to one. I want my grandkids to learn reading, writing, and arithmetic. Okay.
2: You have 20 pussies lined up and Earl eats one butthole. How many pussies are left? (laughs) And and these these, these are the people who are... Guardians of decency and morality. Oh, Jesus, Jimmy Kimmel show, please. Colbert, please. Comedy Central, please make Sally Ratabomb famous.
3: She doesn't want her kids or grandkids to read these words. Meanwhile, every kid in her county is 100 on TikTok right this second, playing this video of those words coming out of her mouth over and over and over.
4: God. You want to play with pussy all the time. To hide that kind of pussy is a crime. Mm. You say you're pussy, clever and so slick. But I think that your thought holds kind of sick. I want to see
0: a forbidden show
3: with Well, you know, Dick, it's got a great beat and you can dance to it. <laughs> These are some dangerous, dangerous, theocratic fascist assholes And they're dirty, 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 dirty people And I am not appealing to Purian interest. This is strictly journalism, this is absolutely expository to demonstrate the perversity of these repulsive Christians. And somehow or another, all of us heathens over on the other side who didn't want to ban books each managed to get through our minute and a half without saying that word once,
2: let alone 20 times.
3: You can understand why I went to the Indian restaurant because I was not in the mood for a tossed salad.
0: I'm
3: so ashamed! Please, somebody give me a somebody give me a cowbell for that. Fabio um, uh, says, "I want to see. Show it to me. Who did the parody? Please tell me. I love it. Uh, that's on that website formerly known as Twitter." Uh, It is someone named Hater Juliet, Hater Juliet, and her Twitter handle is at Neon Express Clog. Oh, thank you, Ralphs. I got my toss. Uh, no, I got my cowbell. For- <sighs> Thank you, Ralphs. <laughs> There's no decent way to say that, and I'm, I'm afraid I'm being possessed by the spirit of Sally Radabom at Neon Express Clog. Uh, the best place to see this is with a Twitter account of uh, Kyle Vass. He's the media guy for the West Virginia ACLU and a a genuine talent. At William Kyle, K-Y-L-E, at William Kyle Vass, V-A-S-S. I did know that, Flavio. Cowbell granted, says Lee in New York. Once again, granted. Signed, Lee, giver of cowbells in New York City. I'll take a double cowbell for that. I'm feeling rather shameless at the moment. Stephen New York says... I know I've said it a million times, I don't think about buttholes or penises anywhere as near as much as these people do. They apparently think of it constantly. And she was just she she was she was just at the peak. She had summited she had summited the the the, the, the Everest of Christian evangelical prurients. And the funny thing is, when I was speaking, I was standing right next to her. And I got to look her in the eye. And I did. Uh, Matt says, Roxanne. (laughs) I'm laughing so hard my butthole hurts. Don't tell Sally Radabaugh. Radabomb, Radabomb. Don't tell her. Good Lord, what she probably—what she probably went back to Williamstown and did with the shower massager. Well, we've crossed into the second hour of the program, so there goes dinner in the Central Standard Time Zone. Sorry, sorry, y'all. Billable Rick's snack is probably well. It, it, you know what, Sally Ratabom is just a, is just an endless minefield of things you can't say because they're all innuendos at this point. But like I said, all the all the, all the opponents were nice and sober sides. Uh, another woman, an, another good God fearing, etc., uh, came up with a, a wearing. I think it was. I think it's the very same cap that Marlon Brando wore in The Wild Ones. And if you go over and look at my uh, my my formerly Twitter account, uh, you'll see the photo of me uh, speaking. And yes, yes. To be clear, I don't know why you would. uh but um, at that point in time, you can barely see just a little bit of her jacket or something. Sally Radabaugh is leaning back in her chair, recoiling because if you you know for those of you who uh, no. No, no, Arnold, I'm not drunk. I am... I think I'm possessed. Arnold says (laughs) she probably snaps
2: off with a weed
3: whacker. I told you this was going to be a prayer meeting Wednesday for the ages. Uh, Arnold observing, these are the kinds of people that participate in orgies and sex parties and then go outside and act like they weren't there and their Bible will save them. Uh, well, I, I was listening to Sari, uh, 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 Sally Radabaugh, and I couldn't help thinking of Christian and Bridget Ziegler out there going hammer and tongs at, at the need to preserve the decency and morality of Good Floridian school children. And remember Bridget Ziegler was instrumental in the Don't Say Gay Law in Florida. And then, well, she got caught doing exactly what Sally Raddebaum was talking about. Ad nauseam, ad infinitum. Porn has been consumed, Arnold continues, in the Bible Belt since the 80s at a much higher rate than the rest of the country. For the love of dear God, I may have to unsubscribe. You know how vulnerable and sensitive I am. I'm reminded of the greatest quote in movie history. This penis party's got to go. Hey, hey. Uh, honestly, although I tried to eschew doing that, uh, <laughs> there were moments when I think everybody, every decent, right-thinking West Virginian in the room felt like maybe they were, they were, they were pumping aerosolized brown acid into the chambers. Oh, Micah, <laughs> what you're listening to is a blow-by-blow recounting of today's hearing on HB 4654, the book ban, in the House cha- House Chambers in Charleston, West Virginia, in the in the in the very august and beautiful. Uh, West Virginia State Capitol. It truly is. It's one of the most beautiful state capitals in the country. And the fact that this went on in there. Wow. And I want you to know, your humble hostess had a lot of daggers looked at her. After all was said and done, I was standing there talking to one of my friends from the ACLU. And one good Christian who had spoken up for the bill went and went, God bless you. And it, and it was a 200-proof Christian. Fuck you. It was that. It was more syrupy than the pastries I would later encounter at the Indian restaurant in downtown Charleston. And those things were syrupy. God bless you. Bless your heart, too, God love you. Uh, Ralph's noting. Uh, like, wouldn't melt in their mouth, I'm not sure what word to put in the dots. Oh, I think we know what word, Ralph's. Randy Radar points out, a lot of Americans' freedoms have been restricted so that what is left is food and sex, so you've got a lot of overweight people jumping from one bed to another. Well, that's why the Swedes had to develop those mattresses from from foam that was invented by NASA and is frequently sold on right-wing radio programs across the fruited plain. Not one of you. Not one of you. Not one word. Don't start. But, Micah, I, 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 I want to catch you up. I said we'd go back to it. I, I realize you're late to the party. So here, then, for your delectation, is good, God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evil, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual, Christian-Republican, Sally Radabom aghast, over a book, but it probably exists only in the between the, uh, the 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 in the thin gray settlings between her ears that pass for brains. Sheridan,
4: I love the Lord. I'm also a mother, a wife, and a grandmother, and I ask you to pass the bill H, the House Bill 4654. This is an insert from. A book called Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. It's in Williamstown, Parkersburg High School, in Parkersburg, South. Are you going to eat her pussy? Yeah, Earl, I'm going to eat her pussy. Hey, yeah, do you even know how to eat pussy? Papa Gaines never sat you down, said son. One day, you're going to have to eat the pussy. No, but he did teach me how to eat a butthole. God bless that man, yup. I would teach you some pussy-eating techniques, but it's a little complicated. Son, I don't have time for that. I got, like, 20 pussies over here that I need to eat. Is that right? I'm on pussy deadline. You've got 20 vaginas all lined up in a row? Ah, what the hell? What the hell? No, one's talking about vaginas. Greg, what the hell is wrong with you, man? That's nasty. I'm talking about pussy. I got a lot of hun- little honey mustard over here, a little Heinz 57, and a whole lot of pussy. This is not what I want my kids and my grandkids to find in libraries. I want my kids to know how, my grandkids to know how to do math, writing, and arithmetic. Let's get real here.
3: Are you caught up, Micah, honey? Are you caught up? Yeah, it just let me know. The funny thing is, at whatever gospel shop she attends, I wonder if she drew the short straw, or I wonder if she volunteered for the job. There's, There, there, there are just so many ways to come at it. There are so many ways to approach this anatomy. There are so many ways to approach this discussion. Sometimes language is such an ironic devil. (laughs) It's... And, but, but understand, that was not all there was. There was also Eliza Payne. Run, Eliza, run. Run from Simon. Uh, Cynthia, with a comment, yeah, what's her damn problem? No one ever ate her pussy? Anything. She's just envious and jealous. Ah, you know, just down I-64, between uh, before you get to Barbersville, there's a dirty book store. Well, no, there's one on I-77 North ba- Don't... Look, I've traveled the highways of this state. It's not like I've done a survey. I'm thinking somebody pulled a... Pull- I'm thinking somebody got off the... I'm thinking somebody took the exit that got them to the Lion's Den Adult Superstore. Uh, But here then, another fine, fine Christian, really did bring him out of the woodwork, Eliza Payne, on fellatio. sounds like it's, it's it's it sounds like a speech by Cicero, doesn't it? De, you know, you got De Catalina, you got De Falatio, De Conilingus. O oh, Temporis, O oh, Moris.
5: What girls are made of is not filled with sugar and spice and everything nice. It is a vile, obscene, and grossly inappropriate book for children. I pull him off the rail behind some trees, and before I can worry if someone will see us, I go down on my knees. I'm unfastening his pants. I pull him out of his underwear, and he's soft in my hand. I don't look up at his face before I open my mouth and pull him into it, and I pull and I suck until he grows hard, and he makes sounds like he likes it. And I keep going and going, and when he says...
3: I'm, And meanwhile, there's a preacher sitting behind her with his hands strategically clasped over his lap so as not to embarrass himself in an ungentlemanly fashion.
5: I'm going to come. I don't pull away. The jet of him is warm and salty and tastes like thickened sweat. There's also a part about building a life-size sex toy online, complete with insertion holes. This is for our 12, 13, and 14-year-old children in our middle schools.
3: Yeah, this is—I mean, those of us who—this is this is this is the scene from the cartoon where, you know, the penguin or the duck or the rooster or whatever just reaches into the into the folds of their feathers and. Pulls out the pint bottle of liquor, empties it, and throws it over his shoulder. This, y'all, is Christianity. This is Christian America. This is the America that they say was founded upon Christian principles of reading pornography inside the seat of government. Uh, My friend Kyle Vass at one point said, you can't make this shit up. But I think most of it was because, again, please, we're we're having a lot of fun, but understand that all of this is generated by 501c3 tax-exempt Christian grifts, uh, many of whom then get caught in flagrante delecto, which is Latin for bed. And I have no doubt that this is probably being read in uh, maggot states around the country. Uh, Irish Dave wants to know Do the math, do the math, math books include 69? <laughs> Don't ask. Uh, math, writing, and arithmetic, going back to Sally Radabom, Lou NPA wants to know, what is the difference between math and arithmetic? Doesn't she want her grandchildren to do any reading? No, because then they'll find this stuff. And, of course, the little, the little Christian lads and lassies are going to find out what's going on And they're going to scramble to see if they can find these books. And they're going to be looking at each other. Where's the damn books? Wait a minute. Librarian says there are no such books in here. Is, Is Granny off her meds? Is Granny a dirty old lady? I don't think I'm going to any more of Granny's Sunday dinners. It was the moral lesson Lou asks about how dads should instruct sons? Well, you know, yesterday's program we did revisit. Uh, we did revisit uh, uh, James Dobson and how to keep your uh, little boy from being gay, and it, invo- it involves shaking. Uh, it, in- it involves a dad shaking his dingus at the kid. Uh, me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Stephen New York says was basically a comedic book. All of the insert that Miss Ratabomb read was probably just a joke. Well, given the presence of Honey Mustard and Heinz 57, I got a figure. Oh, who knew? This explains how they have how these creepy Christian outfits have the. Uh, have the text Uh, Flavio tells us the teen novel was made into a movie it's a 2015 movie based on a novel me and Earl and the Dying Girl well remember there's all kinds of stuff you can find on Wikipedia and you can take it out of context and have a heck of a good time with it and In fact, uh, not too long ago, Mrs. Ackman, uh, wife of uh, billionaire hedge fund asshole Bill Ackman, got caught red-handed just lifting shit wholesale from Wikipedia uh, like these Christian creeps did. Uh, But back to... uh, Back back to Eliza Payne and the proper way to perform filatio, The proper Christian way to perform filatio.
5: Housed in the middle school library and also available on iPads, apps. Our society is morally bankrupt if we continue to allow children access to this obscenity in our schools. And for you who falsely label this as book banning, write the book. Print the book, publish the book, sell the book, and put the book in a public library with restricted access. We are not banning or burning. We are protecting. Pass HB 4654 to protect our children and our parental rights. Schools are only stewards of our children. Thank you, Mr. Chang.
3: Now, that was the voice of uh, noted prude Tom Fast, And then came, because it got to be a bit like a competition. Uh, and then, then spoke, because, uh, well, uh, Lee says, without good words, uh, good luck avoiding the double entendre and minefield. Is this romance novel <laughs> night at the Horn? No, this is democracy in action night, Lee. Uh, Matt in San Francisco, from carpet munching to blowjobs? I may, I might have to go check out these ladies' churches. Oh, they're freaks. Yeah, you know the old story about the Church of Christ pastor. And there was a Church of Christ pastor uh, who uh, offered his commentary today. Uh, the story of the Church of Christ pastor who was... Having an affair with the church secretary—it's it practi- it's it's it's, it's practically practically a paradigm—and they were standing up and getting it on when they found themselves walking past the big picture window. At which point the pastor fell fell to the floor without interu- interrupting the coitus. And the church secretary said, Pastor, Pastor, what is it? He said, They might think we're dancing. No, Jessica Raleigh gave a lesson on butt plugs.
6: Hi, um, I'm here today to, to voice my support for House Bill 4654 that removes the criminal exemptions for libraries, schools and museums when distributing or displaying obscene material to minors. So today I'm going to show you some examples of the material found in my county, Wood County, which was in the public library 10 feet away from the door where I saw children as, as young as 10 years old walking past this filthy book.
3: It's filthy! It's filthy! She saw children as young as ten years old. She saw it with her own eyes. I promise. I swear to Jesus, she did.
6: That has a image
3: of two cartoon. And and, and bear in mind, she's holding it up. She's look. She's been to the marginal trailer sc- trailer queen school of pornographic legislative hearings. Yeah, by the t- by, the time we got to Jessica here, I was expecting a nude photo of Hunter Biden just at any time. Hunter Biden. These filthy cartoons, filthy. How filthy are they, Jessica? You naughty, naughty girl.
6: That has a image of two cartoon characters, one with a strap-on dildo and the other bent down performing oral sex and was by the front door of the public library, which any child could have walked in and grabbed. Now, I would tell you that the library is actually already breaking state law because the parents were not with the children, so they're already breaking the law.
3: She's apparently also a lawyer. They've all been provided this, again, by dishonest 501c3 tax-exempt Christian grift chop shops. Now, when you go to your hearing, show them this.
6: Okay, the next example, let's talk about it, which is in the young adult section, which the American Library Association says the young adult is defined as 12 to 18 years old. So this says, this teaches children how to insert butt plugs. It tells them to look up pornography. It tells them how to properly masturbate. It was in Parkersburg South High School, and it was it was put in the library by a, by a high school principal.
2: By a
3: high school principal. And, and she knows this. I'm sure she witnessed, witnessed this right there at Parkersburg South. Mm-hmm. They're a tiresome lot. Tells them to look up pornography. So,
6: um, let's see, after the train has
3: left the city. So, yes, not to be outdone.
6: In the library by a, by a high school principal. So um, let's see. After the train has left the station and you've had a chance to wash up or douche back there, you can have an ass load of fun with a healthy heaping of lube. Apply broad pressure to the outside of the entrance. Circle your butthole with your finger, pausing any time a spot feels extra good. Dip just the tip of your finger inside and let your anus pull it in when it's ready. Thank
3: you, Is Ms. this Rollin. what
6: we want our children to read?
3: Thank we you, can Ms. do Rollin. better,
6: West Virginia.
3: Thank you, Mr. Uh, and now Tom Fast says, Thank you, thank you, thank you. And yet she keeps going. Interestingly, on the other hand, when a representative of the ACLU stood up and said nothing about genitals or sex toys, and his little red light came on at the podium, you'll notice Tom Fast didn't cut her microphone. But he did cut the ACLU reps. And remember, Tom Fast is the chair of the House Judiciary Committee in West Virginia. And this bill, after this public hearing, went straight to discussion in committee. Uh, Church of Christ, David in South Carolina, Stan says, At least Baptists have church organists. Oh, they have more church organists than you may suspect, David. Books in the library, Stephen New York says, does she realize that kids have to actually open the books to see these photos and read these inserts? Ah, remember, uh, Sally Radebaum, uh is not real good at the art of word-knowing. It's just a matter of the goddess of irony having her in the palm of her hand... In her closed fist. Uh, in, in in Sally in in, in Sally Ratabomb's mind. Insert means a portion of text. Shall we play guess that word? Excerpt. Excerpt. Well, thank you, Billable Rick. Give yourself a cowbell for I don't want tossed salad, but only if you brush your hair. Thank you, Billable. Y'all are generous tonight, and I appreciate it. (laughs) Kevin in Colorado Springs, I must have really missed out in junior high. They never had these books back then. Makes me very sad. Those books would have been really helpful to us budding adolescents. Sigh. No, I know. It's just tragic, isn't it? And as to uh, Sally Radabom's grandkids, Matt in San Francisco said, they'll probably play clips of their grandma talking about eating pussy to the great-grandkids. <laughs> I bet her pussy's on fire. <laughs> oh, her grandkids
2: will tell it to the great-grandkids, and the great-grandkids will be, like, elderly, and the great-great-grandkids
3: will be... You know, 30-somethings, and the great-great-great-grandkids will be over at the kids' table reading about butt plugs. Uh, Christopher adds, Christian reading time at the West Virginia legislature. Robert, I'm guessing uh, uh, Socrates and Lucy Purr ran screaming out of the room with all this talk about eating them. Yeah, especially... Didn't do any good for for, uh, uh, Kyle either. Especially not with the honey mustard and the Heinz 57. Disgusting perverts didn't even have the common decency to use A1. Uh, Christopher's on a roll. Breaking the law, breaking the law. (laughs) Thank you, Christian lady, for reminding us of that old ditty from Judas Priest was really a how-to guide on butt-plug insertion. You know, maybe I should have taken the night off. I don't know. Breaking the law. Um, Yeah, I agree, Cynthia. I think every last one of them was. Because Cynthia in the Bay Area says, frankly, I think she's getting off on reading it, just like Marjorie gets off on showing Hunter's dick pics. Perverts! Yes, they are. Uh, Jimmy in the Great Northwest, church freaks. LOL, I can remember as a young lad, the word was, if you wanted to get laid, a preacher's daughter was the one to go for. That's a very, very old... um, ...theory... And from time to time, the theory, the theorem, has been borne out with empirical data. Uh, Most banned book? Now I want to read it. Flavio says, despite the positive reception, according to the American Library Association's Office of Intellectual Freedom, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl was the seventh most banned and challenged book in the United States in 2021 and tied for the tenth most banned book and challenged book of 2022. In late 2023, the book was removed from 20 library shelves in Cobb County, Georgia. The school district administration said they presented highly inappropriate, sexually explicit content. president of the Cobb County Association of Educators said that media specialists were being interviewed about when and why they'd bought the books and that they the interviews may be a prelude to being fired.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Ralphs, just to answer your question... They didn't really get around to the BDSM part because I don't I think they ran out of time because the heathens kept wanting to talk too. And now we get to the boring part. We've talked here and I know people like Billable Rick and, and, and Darlene in Connecticut and Steve in New York and myself who all had a cup of coffee in law school. Understand the concept of primacy and recency. Uh, And by the way, Haley uh, with a note uh, over on Messenger. Uh, Robin, I had planned on watching live, but by the time I remembered to tune in, the hearing was already over. By the way, you look lovely in the attire I saw on Instagram, thank you. Oh, as for the MAGA woman talking, that reminded me of the Moms for Liberty types that read steamy passages in front of an Arkansas Senate committee, read steamy passages in front of an Arkansas Senate committee last year when an obscene content library bill was considered. I bet they were reading the same stuff, Haley. Because again, it's all coming out of the same toxic pit. I know. Um, Micah, I understand. Okay, she sounds like she's looking for something and in the wrong place, I might add. Where the fuck were these books when I was in school? Nothing we had was this steamy, and I'm very much doubting that they're getting these in middle school libraries. Oh, Matt. Roxanne, please stop me. I have an urge to use a picture. <laughs> hmm. I have an urge to use a picture of Mrs. Ratabalm and create a profile for her on Christian Mingle. Under her pic, I can run the quote, "Eat my, f- eat my pussy with Heinz 57 steak sauce." Matt, I want to be very serious here. I will be deeply disappointed in you if you do not. Uh, Billable Rick being a, a, a very research-capable um, uh, practitioner of the law. Sally Radebaum, uh I found this info on the book that Sister Sally was inserting into her discussion. Why was the book Me and Earl and the Dying Girl Band two years after it was published? The novel was made into a feature film, won a bevy of awards, and became a New York Times bestseller. But in late 2021, it ran afoul of some conservatives who complained about its use of profanity and sexually explicit content. Well, they always do. Look, we're having our fun today with these clowns. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, we all had only a minute and a half. I could have... Come on, who are we talking about? I could have gone for a couple of hours. I could have Phil a, <laughs> a right there on the floor of the West Virginia house. Because... There's a long history of this this theocratic filth, this this fascist garbage in this country. Um, One of the speakers on our side held up a copy of Huckleberry Finn. And in his other hand, he had a copy of Allen Ginsberg's Howl, which I'm sure is equally offensive to these theocratic fascists. And the first book that came to mind for me was actually Slaughterhouse-Five or The Children's Crusade. And I'm going to get I'm going to get to something relating to that in a moment. Well, no, here, uh, Kurt Vonnegut was incensed to find out that uh, there had literally been a burning of his profound and heartbreaking uh, satire, Slaughterhouse Five. The very real underpinnings of which deal with a very young Kurt Vonnegut, having fought at the Battle of the Bulge and having been captured by the Germans in Belgium, marched deep into Germany, and eventually interned in Schlachthaus fünf in Dresden which had no military value whatsoever but which bomber Harris an Englishman burnt to the ground and practically every living human being there Vonnegut survived because he was underground in Schlachthaus Slaughterhouse 5 Kurt Vonnegut said, If you were to bother to read my books, to behave as educated persons would, you would learn that they are not sexy and do not argue in favor of wildness of any kind. I beg that people be kinder and more responsible than they often are. It is true that some of the characters speak coarsely. That is because people speak coarsely in real life. Especially soldiers and hard-working men speak coarsely, and even our most sheltered children know that. And we all know, too, that those words really don't damage children much. They didn't damage us when we were young. It was evil deeds and lying that hurt us. You know, lying like these Christians were doing. I read in the newspaper that your community is mystified by the outcry from all over the country about what you've done. Well, you have discovered that Drake is a part of American civilization... And your fellow Americans can't stand it that you have behaved in such an uncivilized way. Perhaps you will learn from this that books are sacred to free men for very good reasons and that wars have been fought against nations which hate books and burn them. If you are an American, you must allow all ideas to circulate freely in your community, not merely your own if you and your board are now determined to show that you in fact have wisdom and maturity when you exercise your powers over the education of our young then you should acknowledge that it was a rotten lesson you taught young people in a free society when you denounced and then burned books, books you hadn't even read you should also resolve to expose your children to all sorts of opinions and information in order that they will be better equipped to make decisions and to survive. It's known as Kurt Vonnegut's I Am Very Real letter. And here we are. Every value that Kurt Vonnegut mentioned oh so many years ago, 1973. 51 years ago with Slaughterhouse-Five having been burned in the furnace of his school. Well, uh, he declared it vulgar. decrying explicit sex scenes, depicting a picture of an act of bestiality, promoting deviant sexual behavior. And deviant sexual behavior is another word for quite often, and especially in here in the middle of the third decade of the 21st century. LGBTQ content. We, we we have our fun. We do. But this is deadly serious. This is a question of the future of the Republic. H.L. Mencken, in the Scopes Monkey Trial, Flavio says Mencken wrote reams about the trial in the Baltimore Sun. These people won't go away. No, because they fuck, Flavio. They fuck a lot. And for many of them, they think that they can't rap the rascal, and they have to make a baby every time they make Ficky Fick. but what i was saying a moment ago is that uh, in, in law school you learn things like the law law the law of primacy and recency the law of primacy and recency says that ideas which we hear first primacy stick with us and the, and the things that we hear most recently stick with us I'm a big fan of the law of primacy and recency all the butt plug talk all the Heinz 57 talk all the tasting of sweat talk that can be alleviated with a shower, by the way. Was packaged in the middle, and so I thought. I, and, and like I said, no one speaking. No one. No one speaking that day. Today, on the decent and actually moral side, the American side, the democratic side, the freedom side, uh, even remotely approached the vulgarity of these fine, fine Christians. And so... I was one of the very last to speak, and so I had the law of recency on my side, kind of like a closing argument, and I was so proud of all the people who spoke on the side of freedom and America and constitutionality. Because they are the hope of the republic. In this narrowed case, the hope of West Virginia. And they were erudite and well-spoken. And again, not one of them said butt plug. And not one of us mentioned... The vulgarity to which, the obscenity, because there was no redeeming artistic, social, cultural, or political value. That was just prurient interest on display. But none of us wanted them arrested either. Because the remedy to bad speech is more speech. And so everybody had given these well-reasoned arguments against the bill. Talking about how it can't survive constitutional muster. How parents themselves should be in charge and not some nanny state. That's a phrase the Republicans love. Especially the libertarians. How the, uh, the parents make these decisions. And how parents should be the ones making religious decisions. And decisions on how to teach their children about sex. Because once upon a time when there was a, uh, a, 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 an, an interest in teaching sex education in order to, oh, I don't know, prevent the spread of disease because sex can kill you, or, 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 or prevent teen pregnancy because teenagers don't need to be mommies and daddies, Well, there was a hue and cry from the Republicans of that day, those rock-ribbed conservatives who shouted to the rooftops, we don't want no sex ed in our schools. We're parents, and it's our right to decide what our children learn about sex. And they won. What little bit of health and sex education children get or got in the state of West Virginia was statutorily made so that concerned parents could opt out of it. Like I said, The arguments on our side, if being heard by a judge, would be compelling and, in fact, dispositive. But the people listening were not judges interested in in the Constitution, but were, in fact, maggot faithful kissers of the Trumpian ring Doers of the bidding of those aforementioned 501c3 tax-exempt Christian grifts, exceedingly well-funded by billionaires and hedge fund managers and the like. And so our arguments very likely fell on deaf ears. And so having heard all of those well-reasoned arguments, I, I decided... What the hell? So when they finally called my name, I walked with all the grace and dignity that I could muster, looked at Sally Ratabomb and Jessica, there on the front row with some tall ministerial fellow who had brayed on about vulgarity and obscenity. And I gave them what they wanted. I said, finally, the good, God-fearing, upstanding Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evil, evangelical, gundaminalist, homosexual Christians in this house are doing something about obscenity in our schools and libraries. When I was in school, there were books with horrible stories. There was one about a man who lied to his leader and told him his wife was his sister and encouraged a powerful man to fornicate with her. Then his nephew tried to get a gang of men to assault his own daughters. His daughters got even with him, though. They got him liquored up and sexually assaulted him and got pregnant. This. Gusting. Then later on this army went into battle and killed every man, woman and boy child leaving only the little girls so the priests could rape them. Oh wait. And I was having fun because I got to turn and look at all the evil jellicals. Oh wait, I said, looking at them. These are all stories from your Holy Bible, you're okay with that kind of obscenity. And then I turned to the full room and I said, this bill is no different from the laws passed in Germany in 1933. And the same kind of people that wanted it then, want it now. HB forty six fifty four is what's obscene. Stop it. And I turned my back and walked away as the freaks sat there with their mouths hanging open, catching flies. Somebody had to do that. And I was just the girl to do it. So, uh, I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but a public hearing has been requested on the bathroom bill we talked about last night. And I have a working title for my remarks for that day. It may be Friday. If it is Friday, I will be there and have another one of these very long days and do everything in my power to be back for Friday on the front porch. And the working title of the remarks that I'm beginning to draft, is WWJP. You know, because all the Christians walk around with their little rubber bracelets and say, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Well, in my case, WWJP stands for Where Would Jesus Potty? Because if you're going to deal with these American mullahs, you have to speak to them in a language they understand. If you're going to excoriate them and damn them, you have to do so in a language that they understand. And I plan to do it. And I will try to make sure that I'm down near the bottom of the list. Uh, Stephen New York says, I'd love to see what the sales of that book looked like before and after this hearing. Yeah, I don't think the... Uh, Normal people are going to run out and buy it. The honey mustard alone was enough to ruin it for me. And, uh, well, the instructional materials are really superfluous at this point. I'm a grown-up. On the other hand... Every child of every one of those Christian fascist goons is going to try to move heaven and earth to get their hands on a copy. Because in all of their Puritanism, they t- these, these conservatives, these concerned West Virginians, are planting entire orchards of forbidden fruit don't drink that's why the that's why the christian community has a drinking problem don't use drugs that's why the christian community has a drug problem don't fuck children that's why the christian community has a child fucking problem see how it works. Uh, David in South Carolina, Stan, Uh, Clinton, don't you remember how morally outraged the GOP was about Clinton and Lewinsky and then proceeded to publicly read the report out loud in detail? Oh, yes, I do, David. And I remember who the proponent of reading it out loud was. I remember who the proponent was of putting all the prurient details into the report. It was Ken Starr's decision. But he was egged on and heartily encouraged by a man whom we would later find out had a predilection for boofing beer. And for those of us who don't remember, to boof beer is to ingest beer through one's rectum. And so, sitting Associate Justice of the Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh, bragged with his friends, back in the day when they were going to a terribly expensive catholic jesuit high school in washington dc of how fucked up they had gotten by boofing beer because it will it'll fuck you up Uh, there was a time when people were into when that was a trend or a fad or whatever and people actually died from alcohol poisoning from you know dumping a half a liter of Jim Beam up their butts. But the Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States was safe because they stuck to beer. I wonder if they let it go flat. I would think the carbonation would be problematic. Problematic. exactly Flavio said and that is why Hadleyburg scratched not from the town motto lead us into temptation yes Flavio yes Uh, Cynthia with a note Hell, those hypocritical bastards don't care about children. They don't even particularly want children in school. If they really did give a damn, they would have had their undies all in a bunch over child marriage, but they love their 12-year-old brides. And they love those little kids working as child labor in meatpacking plants and slaughterhouses. And they love letting uh, people run around with free-range AR-15s. Blowing away little children in schools. The only thing they care about is fetuses. And after that, (laughs) good luck, kid. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You're on your own. We never really cared about you in the first place. We just needed you to be a vehicle for our galloping misogyny. Mm-hmm. Exactly, Cynthia. Cynthia closing with Christians. Fuck 'em. Sister don't It's not a good time. And they're weird. And they may want to use honey mustard and Heinz fifty seven. Ugh. Lord Jesus, they're disgusting. Yeah, some of you may think that I spent too much time on this. But sometimes, in a, an otherwise forgettable place, like a little beaten, blasted, burned, killed, maimed, tormented, tortured, West by Coal, Virginia, Stan, there are harbingers. And today was one of those days. Did I mention, because I know a lot of you have been concerned, God knows I have been, Maybe I don't have to. Uh, maybe I don't have to worry about fleeing. Yeah, I did mention that very early in the program. Apparently, those hateful bills that define my very life as obscene uh, won't get out of committee, and will die there. Uh, no, it does not mean to put the whole can in there. Beer boofing. It's like a beer bong, only up the butt. Uh, Arnold, with that. And the carbonation would make basically a party table uh, uh, party table animal situation. Uh, Jimmy in the Great Northwest is boofing. D-Brat and folks like him. What's wrong with white people? Asking for a friend. Well, I think we need to narrow it down to be fair. What's wrong with Christian white people? It, maybe we should do a little bit of hard dear God, news, or we could engage in conversation. Somehow or another, I find myself into, this, uh, into the third hour of this program, so at this point in time, if we're actually keeping track, I we're somewhere around five continuous hours of filler string. If you would like to engage in some discussion and dialogue, I heartily welcome your participation. The stress line is area code 30. Uh, no, the regular line is area code 304-574-8178. The stress line is 844-843-4676. 844 the horn. And, of course, on Skype, uh, we're right here for you. Robin, yeah, we, me and that mouse in my pocket. Shut up. Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Kincaid, Horn, K-I-N-C-A-I-D-H-O-R-N. Feel free. I would actually welcome your... I, I would welcome your insert into the conversation. Is Sally Ratabom going to become part of the Horn Pantheon alongside Alabama sex clams? I almost think so. Well, in other assaults on, um, on on the rights of human beings, let's bebop down to Tennistan. In the legislature there on Monday, the maggots introduced a bill that says any adult who recruits, harbors, or transports a pregnant, unemancipated minor within this state for the purpose of aiding them in getting access to abortion care or anything that would constitute criminal abortion under Tennessee law, commits the offense of abortion trafficking of a minor. Doesn't matter where it happens. They don't... They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about constitutionality. What they care about... is fascist social control. So to be fair, when Mommy finds out that Uncle Daddy has raped their daughter and gotten her pregnant... And the daughter is an unemancipated minor. Under this bill, mommy would be charged with a felony. Arrested, tried, and imprisoned for trying to save her daughter the nightmare of giving birth to Uncle Daddy's rape baby. And the fact that the minor consented or even begged mommy to do it would not be allowable as a defense to a criminal prosecution. So if this becomes law expect that there will be more sanctuary state legislation passed in which Sane and decent, and arguably civilized states will command their law enforcement and the entirety of the infrastructure of state government not to cooperate with any records requests coming from law enforcement in Tennessee. Again, this is another case of another maggot state forgetting the lessons of 1861 to 1865 and engaging in nullification and in what I have termed and will eventually become a a, a phenomenon that once somebody who's more well-known than I, starts talking about it. Constructive secession. We have scarcely talked about Nahamsha last night. Nitwit Nero was really put out. Because he barely beat Nimrata Randawa Haley Nikki uh, by eleven percentage points. He was supposed to just beat the tar out of her. He was supposed to mop the granite state granite floor with her. But instead it turned out that there were a whole lot of moderates and independ- so called moderates and independents. Uh, who 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 wanted a choice besides Nitwit Nero? Uh, this occasioned uh, a conniption. and uh, uh, the gang over it. My Filthy Morning Habit um, made great hay out of it.
6: Beat Haley by just over 11 points in the Granite State. President Biden, meanwhile, is hitting the campaign trail after cruising to victory in New Hampshire without even being on the ballot. We play for you portions of his passionate speech.
3: And um, the numbers there for President Biden... Yeah, 66.8% to 20% for Dean Phillips and whoever the fuck is dark money backing his campaign. And 4% for Marianne Moonbeam. Of course, unlike the Republicans, these schmucks will probably stay in it to the very end because their goal is to put nitwit nero back in office so we understand the dynamics in play
6: into victory in new hampshire without even being on the ballot play for you portions of his passionate speech focused on the contrasts between himself and the republican frontrunner it comes as new general election polling out of pennsylvania shows the incumbent president leading trump in that key battleground state and
7: there's a trend going on in pennsylvania not just with joe biden over the last two polls willie we've also seen it with fetterman his numbers going way up in pennsylvania Uh, people that that know this race say pennsylvania is now looking like his strongest state and he is looking strong there. Wisconsin, uh, following, uh, and so they'll be focusing on Michigan a good bit, uh, Michigan a good bit, to get those numbers back up as well. By the way, if he wins those three states, the yeah. election's over. It's, it's just over. I, there's no way Trump gets to, to 270. But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Willie, really, was, I was glad to see Nikki Haley stay in last night. There's so many people that have done these halfway measures. They've been weak.
3: Now, one thing real quick, as I was sitting here getting ready to go to Charleston today, um, I caught this. And I got a little flummoxed. I got a little frustrated. I got a little pissed off. Because as you're about to hear, there, uh, where a couple of weeks ago they were riding her like a barred mule for her dipshittery and her uh, slavery comments. And every uh, rake that she stepped on thereafter, all of a sudden...
7: They're proud of her. Uh, they pre- pretty much assigned themselves to be nothing but uh, Donald Trump's lapdogs for the rest of their political career. For Nikki Haley, there's only one way through this. There's a, I mean, there's light way down there at the end of the tunnel. And the way you do it is you you, you win and you just keep at it. You keep going. Uh, and, and maybe you don't win outright, but you win a war of attrition because with this this candidate she's running against, Donald Trump, more untethered from reality than ever. And let's face it, you know, it's very sad. I, I saw it in my parents and uh, Nikki Haley saw it in her parents. Uh, it's hey, Todd,
3: just, you out there?
7: You know, it's it's just nature. I mean, he's losing. Uh, he's he's more, losing more than one or two steps. He gets confused up there. There's no reason why Nikki Haley shouldn't stay in this race. And again, uh, possibly win a war of attrition and find herself after all of these trials and all of the chaos, find herself as a Republican nominee.
3: See, there was a reason I wanted to play this clip. You see what they're doing? They're trying to prop up the horse race. They need the horse race between Nero and Mrs. Haley. Mrs. Governor Haley. Mrs. Governor Ambassador Haley. It's kind of gross. But I found it interesting the, uh, the, the language choices Joe Scarborough was making there that she might win a war of attrition. Now, we are a very smart community congregation here we know because many of us are practitioners of the ancient art of word knowing what attrition means a war of attrition is a war one fights in which one hopes to achieve victory not necessarily by winning all the battles but by making the other side run out of people with whom to fight. I thought it was a very nuanced way for Joe to suggest that, that's why I name-checked you there, Todd, he ain't going to make it. And they've, becoming, they've become more and more plain otherwise in talking about his Cognitive decline. And the the wheels coming off the bus. They no longer the wheels on the bus no longer go round and round, round and round, round and round. The wheels on the the wheels on the Trump bus now go ding 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 ding. Whoosh boom pow. War of attrition is another way of saying that he'll either be in prison, or perhaps dead, or functionally incapable of appearing in public. It feels like more and more. It feels like more and more that that and even even uh, Mrs. Governor Ambassador Haley had, toward the end of her campaign in New Hampshire was stoking the stroke a bit. Now the conventional wisdom is that she will get she will get waxed like a basketball court in South Carolina stand because that's maggot central. Last night in his uh, his his. Uh, victory grievances, Nitwit Nero brought South Carolina Junior Senator Tim Scott on and took great pleasure in humiliating Senator Scott and making him eat it and smile. Which is completely par for the course for a soak, a son of a clansman. He brought the black man up on stage, who had already endorsed him, and said, Uh, You must really, uh, she appointed you to the Senate. You must really hate her. And Tim Scott stood there back behind Trump, uh, looking like he had been completely unmanned. And eventually came around to the side of Trump and looked at him and grinned his biggest grin and said, no, I just love you. i am got to tell you, if it, was, if, if it wasn't another maggot, I would have felt pity. Nitwit Nero now has Tim Scott's testicles uh, in an old mayonnaise jar in the back of his Kelvinator. (laughs) Stephen, New York. Mrs. Governor Ambassador Haley. You forgot speaker of the house. Entirely true. Uh, Steve adds, uh, Haley's praise, something tells me they're punking Trump. Oh, they know he's tuned in every day. He he can't quit them. And so they're just, every morning now, they're flicking his orange, I was going to say pink tomato nose, but his orange clementine schnoz, yeah, Lee in New York says, "War of attrition." Oh, I can hear Netwitten Nero War of attrition. No one
2: will get, make me give up my bigly Max. I have the best attrition. I I even consult with a diet attrition. She says I'm going to live to be three hundred.
3: Well played, Lee.
7: Uh, this this summer. That said, Donald Trump is freaking out. He's threatening Oof. her. He had a meltdown last night. He threatened her. That well, again, more reason to stay in the race because again, he's more detached and more radical than ever. And also, the Biden campaign trying to pretend she's not there. Like uh, there, there's this is the part I was talking about. Gone for you yeah. know, forget what happened last night. Don't. Don't listen to what Nikki, Nikki Haley does. Why? Well, it's very obvious. They want to run against yep. the crazy guy. They don't want to run against. Look at that. Look at that split screen. Who do you think? Who on this planet? Are extreme- do you
3: notice the chuckling? It, because the, they're, they're showing a picture of of uh, Mrs. Governor, Ambassador, Speaker of the House Haley in a split screen with Julius Geyser and the former guy looks like he's been sculpted out of rancid butter.
7: Three Magas think that Joe Biden wants to run against the woman on the right. Nobody. Nobody. Republicans know Donald Trump is the only person uh
3: the woman on the right that syntactically implies that there's a woman on the left the person on the left is of course tangerine Tiberius uh, looking like the tangerines have been rotting in the uh, in, in, in in the sun in, in the Naples sun for a couple of weeks I wonder if nitwit Nero noticed that I think you just called me a woman. I don't use
7: pronouns. And on that screen, the Joe Biden's going to beat. They know that, Willie. That's what makes this so fascinating. Will they be too stupid to vote that way in the upcoming contest? I think they will. <laughs>
8: Well, that's been her argument. And we heard it in her closing argument. We were up in New Hampshire the last couple of days, which is, guys, we're going to lose if you nominate Donald Trump don't take my word for it. Look at the polling. I beat Joe Biden by double digits. Donald Trump is losing or within the margin of error with uh, Joe Biden. Now, last night, Donald Trump did win by 11 points. It was a a smaller margin than some of that tracking that we saw in the week leading up to it. But 11 points is 11 points. It's a double digit win in New Hampshire. Donald Trump got that. But if you look inside the numbers, he can't win an independent voter. He dominates the Republican Party. 85% of the people who voted for him came out and said Joe Biden did not win the election. So his propaganda, his lies have taken hold with that segment of the electorate, but the guy cannot win an independent voter. And that's what you're gonna hear now for a month. If Nikki Haley does in fact stay in, and she said she would, we have every reason to believe her. She's got a month to run in her home state where there aren't a lot of independents going to show up. So it's going to be a heavily Republican electorate down there. It's a tough road for her, even in her home state. But her case is, this guy is nuts. Watch him perform. Watch his speech last night. I think, Joan Mika, you might agree it was the most ungracious victory speech in the history of politics. We'll play some of it criticizing Nikki Haley, going after her dress that she was wearing, on and on, just completely humiliating the men standing behind him, particularly Senator Tim Scott, who Nikki Haley appointed uh, to his Senate seat. Donald Trump drew him into the insults. This is who he is. This is who he's going to be. And she says, I win. He loses against Joe Biden. you got to think this through. But it's an uphill climb, of course, as we saw last night, and we'll see in South Carolina. Yeah,
3: uphill climb doesn't begin to describe it. The far better word is crux. I have some rock climbing friends, and they explain that the crux is when you get to a particularly tough part of the climb. When you're, It's not even that you're going straight up. You have to go backwards at an angle away from your objective. Uh, Ralph said, I think the one on the left, it might be Alina Howitt." No, no, no. In what they were showing on uh, the morning zoo crew, it was a split screen with a photograph of, 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 of Mrs. Governor, Ambassador, Secretary of State Haley, and the split screen on the left was Donald Trump, thereby... Well it was just a syntactical moment, or maybe it was uh, maybe it was deliberate. Uh, David in South Carolina Stan who is in many ways our uh, our Mrs. Governor, ambassador, Secretary of State Haley uh, correspondent. From the Palmetto State says uh, uh, she's more dangerous than Trump. She's trash and totally backs Trump. So I don't see why anyone thinks she's moderate or acceptable. She does not beat Biden because she is essentially Trump. I don't know how people are fooled by her. I don't think I, I don't think the morning zoo crew is fooled by her. David. I think the morning zoo crew. Wants to keep the horse race alive. Because there's more there there there's more TV value in watching nitwit Nero lose his shit over the fact that he can't put her away. A obligatory Star Trek reference for the evening. It's when Kirk taunts Khan. You keep shooting, but you keep missing the mark. Yeah, and apparently while the Biden campaign staff was watching Nitwit Nero engage in his uh, uh, his grievance speech last night in New Hampshire, uh, according to Politico, uh, President Biden's reelection campaign cheered, and I'm sure did a few other things. What was that language about the? Uh, what was that? Uh, wording Kurt Vonnegut used, the language of ordinary Americans. They cheered while he was uh, grumping along at um, Haley. Because as Politico said, it shows that Nitwit Nero is entirely incapable of restraining himself or moderating his behavior. Uh, one anonymously sourced aide to Biden texted Politico and said, that's the guy we'll beat. Uh, a Haley aide said, you know, for someone who's not threatened by Nikki, he sure talks about her every chance he gets. Well, uh, do, do we forget so quickly? It's kind of like what David said earlier about the the the, the uh, rep- Republicans and how they were outraged by the pornographic star report and then eagerly read it into the record. <laughs> This is the very same tactic that nitwit Nero used, attacking Hillary Clinton day in and day out with vituperations that are so obviously a function of just 200 proof misogyny that there's no way other there, there's there, there's no other possible definition. Uh, David in South Carolina Stan adds, uh, "GOP 2016. I heard evangelicals all during 2016 say Hillary could not be president because it was not God's will to have a woman president. So how the hell are they going to support Haley? Well, she's godless. She's she's one one of those hen dudes. Best I got, David." As to the woman on the left, Lee in New York says, well, the orange one on the left is a whiny little bitch. Well, I did explicitly say it. Uh, Lee used a B and some asterisks. I'm not nearly as circumspect as you are, Lee. But tigers don't change their stripes, and neither do skunks. So, Mrs. Governor, Ambassador, Secretary of State Haley, or uh, Speaker of the House Haley, I'm sorry. Got well, uh, Dana Bash rather infamously, as we noted here, threw a softball. We had the clip last week and then couldn't quite bring herself to follow up with Nicky. Um What do you think about him being found liable in uh, 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 him, him uh, being sexually abused. Well, you know, I just don't follow that kind of thing. Well, Dana Vash asked her another question about who would be worse, who is more dangerous, Kamala Harris or Trump? Now, again... They've been playing, uh, some of these multi-millionaire for-profit media people have been playing this game for a while. It pissed me off the first time I heard it, and pisses me off still. Why are you asking a Republican presidential candidate about the vice president instead of the president? Well, because Dana Bash is trying to create the impression that Joe Biden is one foot in the grave, and one on a banana peel. By the way, going back to the, uh, the cognitive decline of Nitwit Nero, uh, Arnold observed, uh, the right-wingers, uh, there are right-wingers all around me. They don't realize he's losing it, Trump, because a lot of them are old and losing it too. David in South Carolina, Stan, tells us when she ran for governor here, other Republicans called her towelhead and put out material with her wearing a turban. So I can see that shit being published again by Trump team. Look, again, blast from our past, right, David? What happened when John McCain whipped dim leaders ass in New Hampshire in 2004? Then, as now, the next stop was South Carolina Stan. And so Team Dub, operating out of the Lee Atwater playbook, began spreading a rumor Do you know John McCain has a black baby? miscegenation, race mixing. And by the time all was said and done, John McCain was toast after South Carolina stand in 2004. So if they did that to her in South Carolina, other Republicans... Uh, you can fully expect the vulgarity and the ethnic slurs to come out again. Uh, hey, Jimmy, uh, uh, take a look at your message. I'm not quite uh, there's a, I'm not quite sorting out the meaning there. Uh, maybe do a resend, please. David adds, uh, Gavin Newsom is currently traveling around South Carolina. Oh, good. That ought to be fun. He's very effective as a surrogate. But anyway, back to Dana Bash and her more than a little bit sleazy and slimy Inquiry about Kamala Harris Why wouldn't uh, why wouldn't you ask Nikki Haley who's more dangerous Biden or Trump? Ooh the internalized misogyny, Dana.
5: Let me just ask you another version of the question of fit, because he was found liable in a civil trial for sexually assaulting E. Jean Carroll. He's under investigation for obstructing attempts to get him to return classified documents that he took uh, from the White House. He's arguing constantly that he deserves total immunity. You think that that conduct makes him fit to be president? If I did, I wouldn't be running. So the the but whole you also focus- have pledged to support him and endorse him if you end up not making it. Because I don't ever want to see a president Kamala Harris. That should send a chill up everyone's spine. So you think that a president Kamala Harris would be more dangerous than somebody who uh is alleged to and has been found liable for the conduct that I just described. What I worry about is the media doesn't think Americans are smart
6: enough to see that. Americans are going to look, do they want someone that's tied up in investigations? No, Biden and Trump are both tied up in investigations.
3: No, they aren't, dipshit. The only investigations going on over President Biden are the ones that were ginned up in the thin gray settlings that slosh around between the ears of Jim Jacketoff Jordan and Comer Pyle and the like and pass for brains. but she really is engaging in some wishcraft because she wants a, brown, a, 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 a South Asian woman versus South Asian woman referendum. Hmm. We really do sort some shit out here, don't we? I wonder if anybody else will notice that. Uh, You're rapidly running out of time if you want to engage in the program. There's about 20 minutes left. We've had a lot of content this evening. If you want to jump in, this would be a great time. Because otherwise, well, we're just going to continue on Things are not going well for the maggots in their desperate search or their desperate hope to get a live look at the unit of Hunter Biden. The House Oversight and Reform Committee has put out the transcript of its hearing. And Andy Biggs of Arizona, Stan, is not faring well. Colmer Pyle's committee called Kevin Morris, who's a lawyer out in California, And they wanted to know about his friendship with Hunter Biden. And they asked Kevin Morris about Hunter Biden's lavish lifestyle. And Kevin Morris said, yeah, I helped Hunter pay off a Porsche because he wanted to sell it and get out from under the loan. Remember, Comer Pile has a bunch of has, has shell companies that are more than a little bit dodgy. And then they went off on the, uh, a, a nice house that Biden purchased, Hunter Biden bought fairly rapidly. Why'd he do that? Uh, And and you've also provided loans to Hunter Biden in order to pay for a Porsche. Is that correct? Although I'm sure the fucking maggots said Porsche. Kevin Morris said, not exactly. The Porsche was upside down. And, you know, he was trying to get rid of it, and he was behind. So it was upside down. He couldn't give give it back until he paid $11,000. Now, this is included in the uh, uh, witch hunt of Hunter Biden by Special Prosecutor uh, Weiss. Uh, Weiss in the indictment says, From January through October 15, 2020, an entertainment lawyer, here and after personal friend provided the defendant with substantial financial support, including approximately $200,000 to rent a lavish house on a canal in Venice, California, $11,000 in payments for his Porsche, and other individual items. It really is a two-syllable word. Ferdinand Porsche, fairy Porsche, was a German automobile designer. And yes, it is a two-syllable word. and other individual items. In total, the defendant had had personal friend pay over $1.2 million to third parties for the defendant's benefit from January through October 15th, 2020. You know, personal friends do do that. And, I mean, consider another dear, close personal friend. I'm thinking, of course, of... Har Har Crow and his walking human timeshare, Clarence Pubes on the Coke can, Fappy Thomas. And lot more than $1.2 million in close personal friendship there. But that wasn't disclosed, remember? Well, Kevin Morris, in his testimony, having had that indictment language quoted to him, said, I wasn't paying for anything. I was loaning Hunter Biden the money for things. At the time I met him, he was in danger in his house. Paparazzi were there. People were coming up to his door with cameras saying, I just want to talk to him. People were yelling from outside the bushes. Hunter Biden, come out. Hunter Biden, come out. Melissa's five months pregnant. I got him security and he needed to move. And so we had to find a place quickly. We had to find a place that had privacy, and we ended up with that house. And you know what? I'm sure a house on a canal in Venice, California is nice. But I don't know if rubes like Comer Pyle and Andy Biggs realize that a $1.2 million house in Southern California, check me if I'm wrong, Californians, I imagine there's not a hell of a lot of difference between, say, the Bay Area and Venice or parts of... uh, Anybody here remember who wants to marry a millionaire? And the huge kerfuffle that that caused, that reality show, in years past... The millionaire was a millionaire... Largely because he owned a home in the San Diego area that, if it was in, oh, I don't know, Florence, Alabama, might go for $175,000. It was just a nondescript ranch-style, I think, brick home. But housing prices in California are even crazier now than they were then. And a $1.2 million house on a canal in Venice just means that the paparazzi and other scumbags have to at least rent a fucking canoe. And so Kevin Morris burned them pretty good. Weiss, uh, in, in his uh, weird investigation, said that Hunter Biden had, well, he had more than a million dollars, and he could have been paying it to the IRS, but he sent it to third parties. Yeah, I wonder if Mr. Weiss is paying attention to Morris's testimony, because Kevin Morris said, ah, you know what? It wasn't Hunter's money. It was mine. And I was not obliged to pay the IRS with that money. And I'm and, and, and he made the payments directly on the loan. And then shit blew up in Andy Biggs, MAGA extraordinaire, blew up in his face. And apparently Kevin Morris is not a shabby lawyer. He's a member of both the California and New York bars. And he said, I'll just clarify, Congressman, speaking to Biggs, which definitely does not describe his brain. That the California Rules of Professional Procedure, which I've looked at, there's nothing wrong with a loan to a client when the client is fully informed and has complete knowledge. And Big said, yeah, I read the rules in California as well, and I'm choosing not to get into that right now. I mean, we might get into it. And Kevin Moore said, yeah, because I'm right.
2: Well, we might get into that later. I don't know, but we don't need to get into it now.
3: Marcy Wheeler put up an entire thread about all of it. and It makes more than interesting reading. Poor dumb thing. And then there's Florida maggot, Brian Mast. Uh, who decided to speak to CNN? And the question was, uh, Donald Trump has has been costing y'all elections for a long time. Why are you still? Why are you still sucking up to him?
1: Haley. It's about wanting to see the party move forward in the best possible way. Be tactical, be strategic, do the best thing to make sure it's best for the United States of America. That's what his policies are always about. Congressman, as you look kind of across the party. And I think unity right now, the reason why officials are calling for unity is they know it's a long general election path ahead. It's going to be a very tight race, regardless of what happens. But when you dig into the numbers in New Hampshire, you see Nikki Haley's strength with independence, independence uh, breaking away from Trump, having issues with Trump, being concerned about Trump. That's why Democrats won the House in 18. That's why they won the White House in 20. Uh, That's why they overperformed in 22 are you concerned about that dynamic heading into 24? I think that's a miscalculation of what took place. Uh, when you look at the last election, you saw a media that tried to bury Hunter Biden, tried to bury what was going on with the Biden
3: Huh? I think that's a miscalculation? Is that like an insert? <sighs> These people. A miscalculation of what happened. You don't calculate what happened. A calculation results in something happening. God, they're dumb. Hunter Biden! A noun, a verb, and Hunter Biden.
1: Heading into 24. I think that's a miscalculation of what took place. Uh, when you look at the last election, you saw a media that tried to bury Hunter Biden, tried to bury what was going on with the Biden family side hustles, tried to use the FBI and the CIA and gather other government entities to bury the, the former president of the United States, tried to do so many things. And America are, is on to what took place. Another
3: verb tense problem. No, uh, they are in the process of burying his daddy Nitwit uh, it, Nero. And that's what the convictions and the civil judgments will do. And daddy has no one to blame but himself. But Brian Mast knows that he has to... Uh, kissing the ring isn't enough. And he's got to keep his... Uh, keep nitwit nero's entire hand in his mouth wonder if there's a library book about that
1: and that's not going to happen again that's not going to be allowed to happen again you see judicial propaganda that's going on right now and every time that that happens americans are being aware of what judicial propaganda anybody want to help with that
3: Does he mean findings of facts and law? Every time, I mean, I've said it before. Every time I see one of these people, what I really want to see is the people waddling to the polls to vote for the likes of a Brian Mast. Because something is badly wrong with them.
1: What's taking place? That Democrats will do anything possible to keep Donald Trump off the ballot, not because they want to run against him.
3: Now, this was after the New Hampshire results came out. They're dying to run against Tangerine Tiberius. They're absolutely thirsty to run against Geezer Disgustus. They're giddy at the prospect of whipping the ass of Orange Julius geezer one more time. And meanwhile, there stands Marcus Aurelius saying, hit me again, I can put some stank on it.
1: Because they are deathly afraid of running against Donald Trump. That is the situation that's playing out. (laughs) Congressman Brian Mast, uh, always appreciate your time. It's interesting to dig into the exit polls last night. We'll see what happens in the months ahead. Thank you.
3: Yeah, the exit polls were a hell of a lot of fun, Brian Mast. Well, uh, everything else. Oh, no, no, one more thing. Let's go to take SAS for this. The superintendent of a Texas independent school district, do I have to say he's a maggot? Because he is. Suspended a student named Daryl George because of his hairstyle. Probably goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. The young man's black. And he has his hair in locks. Uh, I have no indicia that Tracy is listening this evening because this would just make her hoot like a barn owl. Young man has locks, and, and, and Texas actually has adopted what is called the Crown Act, which prevents white folks from tormenting black folks about their hairstyle as a matter of law. But nonetheless, he suspended the kid and took out a full-page ad in the local rag declaring, and I'm not kidding here, Uh, Let me find it here. In his full-page ad, he said, Being American requires conformity. I haven't figured out yet whether he spent school district money or his own. No, I'm sorry, it was paid for by a... <clears throat> edumacation Foundation, you know the same sort of Edumacation Foundation that probably provided those quotes to those good God-fearing, upstanding Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical jellical, fundamentalist, homosexuals in Charleston this morning. The Crown Act stands for Create a Respectful and Open World for Natural Hair. It went into into effect in Texas in September, but nonetheless. the ad that went into the Houston Chronicle, which is not cheap, and included the screed about being an American means uh, being, uh, it means conformity by some maggot by the name of Greg Poole, the district superintendent. Being an American requires conformity with the positive benefit of unity. And he made reference to uh, codes at military academies. Uh, We have taken the highly unusual step of seeking a declaratory judgment in state district court to verify our interpretation. Uh, The only problem here is they said uh, that George Poole said, the reason I had to suspend him was because he's violating the rules on length of hair. The young man is intelligent and so while he has locks when he goes to school he puts them up on top of his head and they do not violate the hair code because you got to have a hair code or the flag will fall and so the young man's family has sued the state uh, Greg Aspot sued uh, accused felon Attorney General Ken Paxton and said that the state is refusing to enforce the Crown Act. And then he went off on a history of progressiveness. A boy's hair cannot extend past the eyebrows and the earlobes. Christ Almighty, what is this, 1966? (sighs) Oh, maybe I mispronounced it, Ralph. Well, it is 1966 in the fetid... Swamps of the maggot hive mind. So that's the program. Been a heck of a day. I think mean, I'm going to sleep for about 12 hours. Probably won't. I'll be up just in time to see my filthy morning habit. Uh, thank you again to each and every one of you, our PayPal subscribers, our Patreon subscribers. Our a la carte contributors, my gracious sakes alive again, thank you, James. You took a tremendous weight, not off just me, but off the program. yeah, let's make it to 20 years. Thank you, James. Ralphs will carry over her uh, her challenge to tomorrow, which will be thorn in the side Thursday. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging with the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Hi, Gene. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Safe travels homeward. Head on dot live. Home of the best access to the podcast and the live stream. Remember, please, if you listen to the podcast, like each episode. And subscribe. Excuse me. Subscribe. And leave a comment. How do you do? This was one whale of a prayer meeting Wednesday. told you it might be. As Matt in San Francisco says, and in closing, may the pussies and buttholes you eat be forever clean. Such a kind, such a kind wish, Matt. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks. Thanks. To the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia. And a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster, get your flu shot, get your RSV. It is still January. Winter is, we are still in the teeth of winter. Get your pneumonia vaccine if you're of the age where it's important. Wear your mask when you're around maggots. That never changes. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And God knows if Tim Scott comes towards you on the sidewalk and, and tells I love you, Daddy Trump. Now I'll avoid him like the plague. Because he is. And we'll just leave Sally Ratbomb out of it. You don't want to be anywhere near her. You never know what she's going to, what she's going to, what body part she's going to obsess over next. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.